Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Three Things Podcast. This week I'm joined by Adrian Adams, a push athlete for USA Bobsled and Skeleton. Adrian and I talk about leadership, mindset, and how he plans on a four-year Olympic calendar. He shares some great insights as to what it's like being an Olympic athlete and training for the Olympics on a four-year cycle. Hope you guys enjoy. So let's just start here, like, like, um, just kind of explain who you are, what you do, why you do it, where you're at now, um, and give people kind of like a, a brief little background as to who Adrian Adams is. So, uh, my name is Adrian Adams, um, USA bobsled and skeleton push athlete, uh, three-time national team member, um, originally from Reesville, North Carolina, um, Went to college in North Carolina A&T, former football background. Um, I got into bobsled roughly back in 2012, and I've been going strong ever since. Uh, I fell in love with the sport almost instantly. You know, I developed, and um, for about three seasons leading up to the games, I was on the highest level competing. Um, kind of ran into some injuries going into the season last year that kind of knocked me out of the running to represent on the, uh, you know, Olympic team. But, uh, you know, I'm still going strong. Um, I'm back healthier and uh, looking to go head first into this next squad. I'm going to be one of the, you know, veterans going into the, the uh, quad this go around. And uh, I'm very passionate and excited about the sport, man, it's, it's been an awesome experience to represent the U.S. And, and travel the world competing. And, man, it's just awesome. Words can't explain. That's awesome. You guys can't see it because it's, uh, it's a recorded podcast, but I think you're at the U.S. Olympic Training Center right now. I at the site in Tennessee? Yeah, I absolutely am. I mean, I have the option to, you know, go to Colorado or go up to Lake Placid, but ETSU has uh, recently became a official training site, and I, I love it here. I feel right at home, and uh, everything they got going on here is, is pretty awesome, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Love it. Uh, well, I want to start with this. This is my, the first of the three things, so to speak. What's it like for an Olympic athlete or someone at the Olympic level where you have to plan four years out? Um, to the, essentially the next competition or the next round of competitions. And yeah, there's obviously going to be like world champions championships and some international competitions, but you know, like when the, your eye on the prize is the Olympics, like what kind of mindset do you have to have or what has helped you kind of get into a four year cycle? Huh? Good question. Uh, for me, I just kind of, I try to, you know, it's obviously an end goal. Um, Something a lot of people don't really, on the Olympic level, don't explain is, you know, yeah, the end goal is to become an Olympian and compete at the Olympics. But each year, year, year in and year out, I try to take it one, one year at a time and, and focus in on that year because each year you have an actual season and you have, you know, different points and quarter points you, you have to, you know, meet 
And, you know, you just have to, like, prove yourself each season leading up to the games. It's just no, it's no guarantees. And I just try to, like, lock in on what, what I have in front of me right then and, and just, you know, push forward and go. That must take some unbelievable patience. You know, like, then I love how you break that down, like, each season and how it is kind of a, a revolving door at times. If you don't perform one year, you might get bumped to a different different standpoint. And, you know, you're always trying to be on the inside with everything. But sometimes you do find yourself on the outside looking in. And you and I have had conversations about that and how it can be difficult. But, um, like, what – when you first got into the sport, like, what really helped influence you – and just making sure your mind was, was right. And like you, how you were able to break it down year to year and kind of season to season, not just think, okay, I'm going to go right for the, the Olympic team right off. Like what, what really helped you? Was it someone or a book or, or what? So what, what helped me, man, honestly. Uh, so as I spoke to you about in the past, um, you know, my, my father competed in, in the sport and represented, you know, he just missed making, you know, Olympic team, but, you know, the experiences that he had, he passed down to me, you know, and gave me some quality knowledge on, you know, how to attack things. And he was like, hey, you know, go in with a very humble mindset. Don't think you can just gonna fall out there and, you know, run over these guys that's put lots of time and sacrifice and effort in to, you know, represent the U.S. in the sport. And, you know, so I came in with that, just that attitude, you know, very humble, learning from learning from my teammates that have been out there, you know, years before myself and just like really watching them and just being re really receptive of, you know, the information that they were giving down, handed down to myself. And, you know, hey, Adrian, keep a positive mindset, work hard, train your butt off, be humble and, and you know, just keep pushing. Love that. Love that. I think anyone – who's listening and, and if you're an athlete listening to this or even if you're a coach listening to this and you want to kind of make it to whatever you view as, as the top tier, just go back 30 seconds, one minute, listen to everything Adrian just said because, man, that's so spot on, like making sure you have that humble mindset and, and that the only thing that matters is how you work. That's that is so true. Now, talk about some great genetics, man. If your dad was, you know, in, in the Olympic development program, like that's sick. Yeah, man, so – uh, as a kid growing up, man, I was very busy myself and was just unable to, like, really, like, follow him as much as I would have liked. I mean, obviously, I knew that he competed and, you know, things of that nature. And I, I, I looked on from afar and looked at pictures and different things of that nature. But, you know, as time went on and, you know, once football came to an end, man, I wasn't done being an athlete. And I was like, man, and he was like, hey, man, you should go, you know, try it out. I think you'll really take on to it and, and, and fall in love with it. And, and that, just that happened, too. That's awesome. What was your – and I, I know the answer to this, but what was your fastest 40 time as a football player? Man, most people would not believe it. So I, I, I'm just going to say sub 4-3 type of guy, you know, very, very fast, man. So wild. Less with some, <laughs> some, some gears, man. And let it be known to everyone, when you are fast, it opens up athletic doors for you because oh, that is that's such a wild transition, man. Like, speed carries. That's so sick. That's so sick. Um, next thing I want to kind of touch on, and, and you, you mentioned it, how you've been able to travel and go to a lot of different international settings. And on every video that I ever see you post, you know, in whether you were in, like, Korea or in parts of Canada or in Europe, you know, like, there's a ton of international camaraderie. 
and like, what have you learned from international athletes? Like, what have they taught you? Like, you know, what's just kind of like the flavor when you do wear USA on your chest and you're, you know, with guys in, you know, what it would be like Canada or Northern Europe or whatever it might be like, just talk a little bit about that international setting. Yeah, man. It's, it's like one big family, man. It's, it's, it's very, it's so awesome, man, you know, to, um, compete with and against these other international athletes, you know, such as the Germans and the Brits and the Canadians. You know, a lot of those guys and myself, you know, become really good friends and we keep in touch, you know, yearly throughout the year, even through the off seasons. And, you know, like I said, it's one big family, man. And, and you know, learning from a lot of those different guys and big names that have competed in the sports for years. And it's, it's been an awesome experience, like I said, traveling from the different, you know, European countries <laughs> and competing and getting to know these different athletes on a personal level. What's something that kind of caught you off guard? You know, like as you started traveling, like what's something you didn't expect? Uh, when I initially, <laughs> my first year on tour, I didn't understand how much <laughs> work it took, like outside of just, you know, competing, like, you know, having to like rent trucks and you know, transporting your sled, having to drive your sled, from place to place. Like most people looking from a from afar would think, oh, we got people to take care of those type of things. And no, we're we are our own <laughs> We're our own crew. Like we have to work on the sled. We have to take care of that sled like a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So that's, that's funny. Of that, that definitely like caught me off guard. All the work that goes on outside of, you know, actually competing. That's funny. Um, and this is something that I've always wondered because bobsled is, is kind of unique and there's not too many sports that kind of work in this arena in a sense of how do you balance your individual performance and individual growth with that of a team in like a two man or four man push? Obviously yeah. like you do have to work on your own development, but you do also have to take into consideration the team aspect. So it is kind of a perfect blend of individual like you would see in like a track or swimming um, type competitive atmosphere, but it is a team sport as well. And talk to me a little bit about that balance is how you kind of approach it and what you've learned. Yeah. For instance, like now, you know, me being down in Tennessee and working with my uh, strength and conditioning coach, Dr. Brad DeWeese, you know, you, like you said, you have your own and we, even down here, we have a training group of, you know, some bobsled and skeleton athletes that come down and, you know, train, but, like you said, it's a balance because once we get into the team trials, you know, situation where you become with an actual team and you're a two-man and four-man team. So as, as you get into that, that setting, then it's more so you try to train with your team. Everything you eat, sleep, everything is with your team. So that alone helps bring that camaraderie together of being on the same page, you know, as far as when we're pushing and not just pushing, even in the weight room, we're in there cheering for each other, doing some of the same things. And like I said, we eat, sleep, doing everything together to make everything balanced into one. That team. Yeah. Put it into perspective a little bit. You know, obviously like bobsled is kind of one of those sports. I feel like people know about it during an Olympic year and it's always one of the most fun events to watch on TV because um, it is so fast-paced. Like, 
when someone like four people pushing a sled as fast as they can down a track, you know, or trying to gain as much velocity as they can before they all have to like, you know, I always just kind of say jump and tuck, but be like, if something goes wrong, like what, what is that like? Like you're going down the sled. You're like, you know, how fast does a sled go? Oh man, depending on the track and the conditions, but you're definitely going to go anywhere from, you know, 75 up to, you know, 90 plus miles an hour, man. It's, it's insane. It's a, it's a feeling and rush like no other. And I, and I'm, Myself being a, a adrenaline junkie, man, I just absolutely fell in love with it. And uh, you what know, level like of it. trust? What level of trust comes with like? I mean, four dudes pushing a sled as fast as you can. It's going about to go ninety miles an hour. Like that's wild. You guys might like you're saying you're in Tennessee. Other guys might be in different areas. Like what? Like timing? Like how do you guys work that out? Like I said, like. Once, you know, team trials and things that nature comes together after testing, uh, you're chosen to a, a sled and, you know, you, you just work as much as possible together with those guys and that pilot and you develop that, that trust, man. You know, you guys hanging out, doing things together, doing things for each other, you know. Hey, man, I, I picked you up this. I'll, don't worry about that. I'll get your bag, this and that, you know. That level of trust, you know, just brings everything together, man, and, you know, I let my pilot know, hey, man, no matter what, I got your back, man. You know, we're going to put it on the line today. Hey, if, if, it, if, it, if, it, if that means, hey, we might crash, then either we're going to win, either two things, one or two things going to happen. Either we're going to win this race, do really well, or we're going to crash. And if we crash, we're going to crash together, man. And we're going to pick ourselves up and keep marching on. I love that. I love how it's like, it just seems so like, I mean, having been exposed to kind of like the, some of the combines and Lake Placid and things like that and, and how it is, feels so individualized, you know, like you have to do these metrics to even be looked at and, and the growth as an individual, but it's, it's quite literally like every other team sport. Like you guys are a team on and off the ice and, and that matters first so that you can perform on the ice. I, I think that's great. Um, so what's next for Adrian Adams? What are you currently doing right now? As you, uh, you wait another four years for um, the Olympics to come around, like what's the next thing on the agenda for, for you? So like I said, going forward, you know, I'm training and preparing for the upcoming season. But as well on the side, I work a little part-time. I'm, I'm a part of the, uh, Dick's, uh, the contenders program. And, you know, that helps me out tremendously. You know, being a part of this sport, it, it costs tons of money to, you know, get yourself through at times is we're not highly paid athletes like bobsled, I mean, excuse me, not like basketball or football or baseball. But that's not why I'm doing the sport. I'm very passionate about the sport, you know. And, you know, if, that, if, that, if it means I have to work a little part-time and, to, you know, to make some money and, and different things or, you know, Dick's, the program does a fabulous job of supporting myself and others, other Olympic athletes, you know, I'm able to do different speaking engagements and, you know, go talk to different kids and, you know, share my, my story and, and passion and, you know, just try to motivate them and keep them motivated and things of that nature. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll make sure all that information is in the show notes as well. Uh, Adrian Adams, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I think you said you're in the middle of like a sprint workout. So I appreciate you taking a little extended rest interval. 
and uh, coming on and talking to me. And I look forward to seeing you again next time you're up in Vermont or at Lake Placid. Absolutely. Anytime, Casey, man. Thanks a lot, man.